Welcome to the Forgettable Half Hour. It's going to be Megan steering this one today. Megan Van Genderen and my beautiful husband, Jason Van Genderen, is joining me. How are you, Jay? I'm good. This is really weird. I know. <laughs> I don't normally do this. So our podcast, The Forgettable Half Hour, is a little bit of a wine and a whinge to decompress life as um, carers for our loved one who's living with dementia, which is mm -hmm. your mother, who we affectionately call Oma. Mm -hmm. um, the podcast is done whenever we can possibly do it. At the Squeeze moment, it's, it in. it's Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, we're not having a wine. It's no, a bit it's early a bit for early. a wine. We've got a cup having, of tea, though. Yeah, That's I brewed nice. you a lovely cup of tea. And um, our little uh, daughter's having a the end having of her a, nap. Yeah, she's having a snooze, so she's going to wake up in half an hour. So we literally have half an hour. This could be a could be a shorter podcast if she wakes up early. Just warning everyone. <laughs> Artie's currently watching um, David Attenborough's latest sustainability doco, so hopefully he's not sobbing at the end of that. I love how he's heavy. getting into that. Like yeah, it's just so good. Yeah. A six-year-old is all these animals out. as he's watching the documentary it's beautiful anyway back to our <laughs> podcast normally when we start a podcast it's it's the the topics normally around something that has happened mm. during the week so today i really wanted to steer it and talk a lot about guilt okay. as a carer um so this week so you're springing this one on me this week because yes, i am yeah you're kind yes, of just dropping a topic because on me. i felt a lot of um guilt this week and okay. i and i'm assuming you probably felt quite a lot of guilt as a carer this week because you spent four days out of home which yeah. was so luxurious I for know. you um but it was still guilt laden too yeah so um Good topic yeah the topic this week is is literally just guilt and being the nerd that I am I started to do a little bit of research around guilt as a carer just because yeah. you know how I like to, to substantiate and yeah, justify yeah. everything whereas you're like yeah just go for it the pragmatic in me uh, did yeah did quite a bit of research on papers around specifically uh, carers of dementia who mm. experience guilt and they also talked a lot about shame so there's differences between guilt and shame, mm. but they're, they're both really real manifestations of being a carer. So a lot of the guilt that I felt this week was twofold. So Can I, say, I think I'm going to get like a counseling session in today's maybe. podcast. Maybe. Stay tuned because what comes out of the research papers that I was reading, which is really important, which I won't touch on just yet, but yeah, the, I think there's some things that we really need to be aware of. Yeah. And guilt for us isn't a new thing like we've often felt a lot of guilt around certain aspects of caring for Omar um, which I think everybody as a carer does oh, like we and we've talked about this a number of times I think guilt's one of those it's a constant yeah and and sometimes the more you do the more guilty you can feel as well yeah absolutely so I felt guilty this week because you so you were away most mm. of the week you were working on the film which was fantastic and you needed that headspace and I'm so glad you had that um, I'm also so glad and grateful that we had my mum and dad that could come up and stay and help with me so I felt guilt around leaning a lot on my mum and dad like they're very yeah. healthy and they and they love helping but I did feel guilt around leaning on them so much because I know my mum and my dad were very exhausted by the end of the week. Yeah they would have been. 
Just be, and because Oma has sort of um, projected into a new degradation of the disease. So yeah. mum especially felt like, whoa, she's really quite intense at the moment and hadn't experienced that just yet. So I had guilt around shelving, oh, not shelving, I had guilt around... Showing her that side giving, of And Oma? giving her the burden, the extra burden of, yeah. of um, caring for Oma. And I also felt guilt because I did try and take time away from Oma because I had mum and dad there to help me and then yeah. I started to feel quite guilty about, which was silly, mm. um, I started to feel quite guilty around taking that time, like clawing that time for myself and, and to hang out with Artie and Evie as well. So well, it was a real... Yeah, yeah. that's an ever-present thing, isn't it? Yeah, how did I mean, you feel around this week? Yeah, this week we spent four days in a writer's room with uh, our editors and our script consultant and the producer for Oma's documentary and mm. just nutting out the story. And the only way that you can possibly do that is to get away, be in a new yeah. environment and actually completely throw yourself That's in it. with no distraction. We've done plenty of Zooms and all those sorts of things. We do them on a frequent basis, number of times a week, but we had to get a get together. We had to nut stuff out in person. We were up logging on with our script consultant seven o'clock in the morning in France, and then we weren't sort of finishing till 11, 30, 12 at night. So, you know, hey, I had a great night's sleep each night, I must say, but <laughs> they were pretty full-on tiring days. But having said that, I felt I was still checking in on Irma's cameras in her house mm. to make sure that she was all right during the night. And, and then th giving us little nudges, like, did that make you feel like you were... Like you would give us a little nudge and say, hey, Megs, did you just want to check on X, Y, Z? Like, did that make you feel like you were checking up on me as well? A little bit, yeah. Because yeah. I think there was Which one part. Which is not your intention. There was one part where you joined us and I logged in on the camera to check Omer out. She was wandering around the kitchen looking lost and mm. lonely. So then I forced you to contact your mum to mm. go in and see if, she, you know, like it's those weird kind of moments where you want to separate away from the house. And you just can't, and you can't snap out of the headset of what your roles are. Mm. And even though you're in a different physical environment, you're mentally still not away from the home. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is understandable and yeah, fine, but it's a different paradigm. But it's it's very encompassing. Too. Yeah, it's very it's consuming. Usually. So, from from my nerdiness of checking out a bunch of papers, guilt can be sort of defined as it's not self-focused but it's an experience that's associated when there's a concern for another and it requires empathy and is in, in is associated with um concern or fear of having harm yeah um and it's it's associated with a lot of feeling of responsibility yeah it's not necessarily associated with um things like depression which was a lot of what the papers were trying to ascertain in terms of feelings of guilt, shame, entrapment even. Yeah. Um, and they're sustained. So they're like a isolation. continual feeling that's lasted like two yeah. weeks or longer from my understanding. So then shame, which I don't I don't feel like we I don't really feel like I have shame. I do I do feel shame sometimes when I get upset at Oma sometimes. Yeah. I, like uh, when I show a little bit of frustration, by, yeah, that's what I mean I think by we both get that. I think shame is something we get when we lose patience. Yeah, yeah. And that's manifested over a long period of time in, in the day or maybe we haven't had any sleep or maybe we're, there's a lot of environmental factors that, that contribute to that feeling. Um, and so shame is an experience of feeling inadequate and flawed and inferior and there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that sustained shame will lead to depression yeah. in carers. 
so when I was sort of reading this stuff, I was like, we we really need to be checking in on those feelings because the papers go on to say that more research needs to be done on how to intervene effectively for carers so that this doesn't become a point where you you basically flock the nest and you you like they were sort of saying things like you can flee like you can either Mm. stay here and be completely isolated and actually then become a lot worse and a lot a lot more depressed or you flee so it creates another crisis in itself. Another crisis in mm. itself, yeah. And the the people that are more prone to really experiencing that depression is the females. Yep. So that kind of pricks my ears up as well. Like that's a that's a real, which is understandable because in the traditional Western household, um, you know, females still have the greater share of the care burden. Yeah. yeah. In all aspects of the home. Yeah. And I'm not very proud to say that, but that's just. But that's, that's the imprint, yeah, I guess, I and that's something we kind of fight all our life to try and change it in little ways ourselves. But, you know, yeah. I know you do way more in the house than what I do, and I, and I know you, you know, even though I'm at home transitioning into caring for Oma more, it's still the still, burden of the yeah. cooking's on you, the burden of, you know, a, most of it's still on you. Does, does that make you feel guilty or not? Or Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. But, you know... I feel guilty. A lot of when it's I on get... how you rationalise guilt, or whether you do, whether you do or you don't rationalise guilt. So mm. I think a lot of the ways when I feel guilty about not doing enough, that I rationalise it is I do that self-talk about, oh yeah, but I need to work on this thing, or I need to get this project out for a client, or I need to make money because we need money in the house yeah. to pay for what we're doing. Yeah. Or that's not a healthy way of processing guilt, but it's a necessary way because you need to find an answer. Like you, you feel you need to rationalise to substantiate the feeling of guilt. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're about to tell me something else. No, I think that's all I was really about to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe no, I but, should write a paper. Well, I'd love to. You know what I'm like. I'd love <laughs> you're to. Such a nerd. I'd love to be part of a study. Anyone doing a study on carers of dementia and they need subjects. I'm, I'm here for you. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that's that's like a, a psychological manifestation of the of the carer model and then you mentioned um financial like Mm. that's a that's a huge stressor that i know we feel daily Uh, we're not alone in that obviously the so there was this other sort of stress model that has been proposed back in the 90s around caregiving as well and so there are four factors that um really start to sort of fall away and that's um, psychological social so we feel that obviously financial and physical. So in terms of physical, like less exercise, less getting out of the house. So more illness, mm. things like that. And then social, obviously, we feel that quite a bit with um, not being able to socialise outside of the house as much as normal. Um, and financially, you know, the amount of time it takes to care for Oma takes away from our working commitments and, and psychologically, obviously, you know, guilt and shame and, and all those sorts of things that go along with that that we've just sort of talked about. Um, I feel I think, it's almost like a work life and a carer life are almost super distant from it, one another. But it, and, and this is a, another comment that I wanted to make. So I, I feel like it is in Western culture. Like I don't know why we don't make it more um, acceptable. acceptable, accessible, 
normal. Like when I lived in Ethiopia, and this mm. this would be the same across lots of. I think we've discussed this before. This would be the same across. I think lots of South American cultures, Asian cultures, definitely African cultures. When I lived in Ethiopia. Um, I lived in a compound with my volunteer. We lived in our own house, but we lived in a in, in a larger compound. And the house that we lived in was owned by a family, and that family had probably five other families living within this compound. And so it was little tiny tot grandchildren, their cousins, their uncles, their aunties, their mums, their dads, their grandmas, their grandmas, their great grandpas, yeah. their great grandmas, all living in one. And everyone just helped out, and they all shared the same washing facilities, cooking facilities, showering facilities and things like that. Like, that's so not normal for us. Mm. Like, where everyone's looking after each other and shares, like. In denser populated civilizations, mm. and I think the same could probably be said in a lot of Asian countries, you know, mm. large family units are the norm and, and that extended family is part of that nurture cycle within yeah. the core family. Yeah. Whereas in, in countries in in I, I call it western i don't know whether that's the right description or not but in western cultures where we live a bit more further apart from one yeah. another we have our own little silos that we have our own little nucleus in and then and we build like a fortress around ourselves with our things yeah and contact with other family members is something you do occasionally, not all the time. Yeah, no? yeah. And our holidays become our status and our jobs become our status. So, like, those kind of things become so much more important than anything else. Yeah. You know? And whereas, like, our jobs and holidays and those kinds of things now for us just, well, I know there's COVID and a pandemic and we can't really go travelling. But, yeah, those kind of things we, uh, yeah, are just... Well, they're not really as accessible when you're mm. caring full-time. When you're in a carer cycle, when you're in a carer role, I think you lose grip of a lot of that materialistic sort of stuff as well because yeah. you just don't have the headspace for it. Yeah. Again, I'm speaking of a sample size of two, you and I. <laughs> I know that you and I are a lot less materialistic since yeah. you know, our care roles have increased for Omar. That's and I, I really don't even feel like I've got headspace to think about a lot of that stuff or to worry about it or care about it you know? no but i i do miss being able to um like plan a holiday and know that i'm getting a, a break I, and that's only because of where i'm kind of at care of fatigue at the moment like mm. i'm quite fatigued at the moment yeah it's just kind of hitting a bit of, and that makes me feel guilty that i'm even feeling care of fatigue but yeah just not knowing that there's um a little bit of a break in sight that's kind of really playing on me at the moment but then it makes me go oh well you know get over yourself and it makes me feel guilty that i think like that as well again we want to rationalize the guilt we want to fix it yeah yeah, yeah. And like that's, where, to... that's where the definition of guilt and and that that necessity of empathy comes into it mm. you know that's interesting so i mean you you you're talking about everything's turned up a, a a big notch for you right now um and and that's this is quite compressed because i've just recently been away for four days in this writer's camp yeah yeah so your is the right word yeah you're you're carrying the guilt of your own actions with omar that week and the things that you maybe wanted to do differently or mm, you know mm. not do as perfectly as what we might always you know model our behavior on yeah. again that model of perfection you know like how yeah. what's the best practice way and i 
I think for us to having a very large social community attached to the story that we're creating mm. is both a blessing and a curse because that does mean we also open ourselves up to a lot of opinions and a lot of advice, free advice yeah. that we don't necessarily ask for a lot of the time about things that people are observing us do in our stories. Mm. And a lot of that relates around stripping context out of a situation that someone might see in a video or hear in a podcast you know or just perception like or perception or your own, the your own and... particular experience with dementia and that's yeah. The, you know you get a guilt around that too because it's like oh well you know the way i speak to omar and we've covered this in one of our previous um, podcasts which is about the language we choose to use mm. the words we choose to use my language is quite direct because of omar's ethnic background her dutchness her style of being a matriarch in the family herself. Mm. Mm. Um, but you, I get guilt mm. because I go and I speak to her in a way that I know will work for her. Yeah, but perceived by other people. But then you walk away and you go, wow, if someone just heard that right now, they think I was being a total prick. Yeah. You know? It was like I caught wind of that email that you got the other day from a Dutch person and I was like, wow, what's wrong with him? <laughs> He's awful. And you're yeah, like, no, that's yeah. just the way Dutch people Yeah, speak. Dutch people are very direct <laughs> in their communication. Yeah, I guess that was that was a nice headspace to be able to, I guess, um, decompress mm. um, how I was feeling this week. Hopefully that felt good for you because we haven't even really had a chance to talk this weekend. No, it's bizarre that this podcast is probably the first real conversation yeah. we've had yeah. in this week. which has been kind of good. But, I, um, yeah, I guess what I also wanted... Can I just point out too, we're actually doing this podcast outside in our garden, so you're about to hear a lot of birds and a helicopter fly over yeah. if you hear it. That's because we're sitting outside, we're trying to get a bit of sunshine. Yeah, that's not a rescue chopper. Um, <laughs> that's a bit dark. It's the paps, it's the paps for <laughs> um, I, I think it's important that we acknowledge the guilt and, and um, you know, if there's a little bit of shame creeping in there because the science, and you love, you know how much I love the yeah. science, the science is telling us that potentially that could um, leave us down a, a, a path where um, you know things like depression and anxiety can sort of set in. So I think from this chat, it is important that we acknowledge those feelings often. And you know, especially you being a male, you're you're absolutely more prone to not talking about it. Although I'm probably one of the more blabby males when it comes Possibly, to yeah. emotionally oversharing. Yeah, which is good, Yeah, which is a, a positive thing. I just can't believe I just call myself blabby. That's really just denigrating men that share emotional <laughs> yeah. feelings. No, you're not, you're not blabby, darling. Yeah. My beautiful. apologies to all the thinking, feeling men out there. For other carers out there, if this spurs up any sort of things that might have been on your mind, maybe, maybe try to reach out to a friend or a yeah. doctor or... Something. Sometimes, you know, maybe even a stranger. I think yeah. some, some of the conversations around carer guilt mm. are, are really maybe good to have with someone that's unattached to your circumstance yeah. or the circumstance of the person you're caring for. Yeah. You know, for me, often it's just talking to a camera. Like I, yeah. I find if I can't reach out to a person, I don't always want to labour my friends with what's yeah. going on in their head. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. one of those things. It's like you want to maintain happy, clappy, fun relationships with friends and sometimes mm. you don't want to lean. I don't know, maybe that's a male thing too. Maybe, I don't know. maybe. But, but I often find just talking to someone that's removed from your situation puts a new balance on it and or can give you fresh insight as to why you feel the way you do or that that's normal. You yeah, know? yeah. 
Yeah. Or but just, yeah, definitely. I think reaching out and having a chat is yeah. really important. On the Carers Gateway online as well. I think it's just carersgateway.com.au or .gov.au. Yeah, .gov.au. Yep. It's attached to, you know, the, the federal government's carers um, kind of package. Uh, there are phone lines that you can ring, much yeah. like a, a lifeline or something like that, where you're anonymous and you can have a chat and things like that as well. So that's important to check out. Maybe we can put the link in the... Well, that's that's only for our Australian listeners. And of course, yeah, just true. recognise that we've got listeners all over the world. But yes, of course, hello, wherever yeah. you are, um, if you look up the relevant care association in your territory or country, um, you'll find a whole heap of links that um, you mm. can and free free resources you can use to speak to someone anonymously or to you know, seek more clinical style help if you so need it. That was good, Meg. So I think um, thank you for steering the ship on the podcast this week. My pleasure. You did really good. I think everyone <laughs> just quietly appreciates your voice a bit better than, better than mine. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's my, my guilt as a podcaster. There you go. <laughs> um, well, this is where Jason normally does this big spiel about thank you for joining us. Oh, now it's your turn to do the spiel. <laughs> I hope this discussion was helpful. <laughs> He's given me some notes. Please don't forget about our Facebook page, which is Omer's Applesauce on Facebook. That's where we post um, lots of videos about our family and, and caring for Omer, and Omer is is all over that page and you'll find the links to the other podcasts yeah please consider rating the podcast and sharing it with another carer or anyone that wants to listen to us um, well, we'd love though, to because you know we're, we're doing this know, to broaden the conversation so and i know you hate so. asking for it <laughs> but in your virgin role as a podcast host mm. it's really important that because you guys our audience are the reason we make these but it's also the reason that this conversation grows and for example today's conversation about guilt and shame you know, it may not be necessarily something that's affecting you right now, but might be someone that's connected yeah. to you that needs to hear this or could benefit from hearing this stuff. So yes, when I you agree. do share it, you, you're you not just helping us distribute a podcast. You're actually p- possibly helping someone that needs to hear something. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Thank you, Jason. So you've been listening to Megan and Jason Van Genderen. And until next time, hopefully next Sunday afternoon. Please be kind to your cared one and most of all, please be kind to yourself. Bye for now.